The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony, to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received, grace in place of grace. Because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, we've made it. Merry Christmas. But it, it was hard. At least it was for me. This was a really, really hard Advent. And I realized that because on Friday, I was thinking how much I wanted it to be Christmas. But, but that's because I lived in the difficulty of Advent. And when we live in the difficulty of, of one season, it we can't wait to get to the next season. There's been times in the past where I'm like, man, this has been a great Advent. This was so joyful. I was so excited. And, you know, I was prepared for Christmas. This one's like, please let it be done. <laughs> Just stop it. Get me, get me to the celebration. And, and that's, that's reality. That there will be times where things are great and joyful and we can you know, embrace that goodness. And there's times where it's just hard. And actually the hardness is good too. You think about just the, all the circumstances that surround Jesus throughout his life. Jesus had a hard life. He, it was not ever easy. From the very beginning, people wanted him dead. You know, his conception is controversial. It's an unplanned pregnancy in the eyes of the modern world. 
he has to, his parents have to travel over great distances to do this census because this guy wants more taxes. You know, the government's always getting their hands in things. Even then, he doesn't even have a proper place to be born. Like, he's like, oh, water broke. Let's find a barn to have the child of God, the king of the universe. That seems really appropriate. And then, after he's born, they have to flee to another country because the guy still wants him dead. He comes home, and where does he live? The slums. Nazareth. And that's where he grows up. And people say, what good could ever come out of Nazareth? Even then, and like when he's a, he's a preteen, right? His parents lose him in the biggest city that is around them. Like, you lose the child of God? Good luck dealing with that, right? And then, you know, Joseph dies, and he's, like, left to, like, take care of this carpentry job, and then all of a sudden he just shows up out of nowhere, says, I'm going to, like, do miraculous things. And people question it. Show me a miracle. I literally just fed 5,000 people with three pieces of bread. Yeah, I don't really think it's that good of a trick, though. Like, there's a constant question and debating of who he is. And then, if that doesn't get it all out, they still want him dead. I know this is a super uplifting Christmas homily for you. <laughs> but really, like, think about the circumstances. Like, everything. Like, this is the start of all of that. Today, we celebrate the birth of our God. The fact that God would even become human, right, should, should rock our worlds. Uh, he would want to enter into the messiness that we are like, please get me through this. And he wanted in that. There's a difference of human expectations and godly expectations. You know, God deemed it necessary that Mary be the mother to Jesus, that Joseph would be the righteous man to, to hold on to them, to protect them, to care for them. He, God wasn't concerned about the scandalous view of having a child outside of marriage. He didn't let that stop this plan. If he, if he had wanted them to be married, he would have, he would have had them be married. But, but Jesus... There could be no question of who he came from. If, if God didn't want people after his son, he would have protected them differently. But he allowed and permitted Herod and, and Pilate and all the different individuals throughout all the different times to try to end his life. See, God's expectations are not just greater, but they're deeper than what we as humans create sometimes. And, and really, I think at the core of this is this, this idea that those that come into the world amongst great controversy still can do great good. Jesus was surrounded by controversy, and he's the King of kings, Lord of lords, Savior of the world. And, and I'm sure in our own lives, we've had controversy. We, we face it in our families. We face it in friendships. 
But that doesn't mean we can't do great things. That doesn't mean that God doesn't have a bigger, deeper plan than what our expectations can, can comprehend. How we've come into the world is not a reflection of how we will be, just like how Jesus comes into the world. It's not a reflection of who he is. Because, really, if, if we were doing it right, he'd be in this massive, ornate kingdom, castle, building. And instead, he's in this simple little manger. So from the beginning, it was hard. Advent is hard. And yet when we get to Christmas, it's time to rejoice. It's time to celebrate. It's time to like let loose and, and <laughs> be happy. But, but this Advent was hard. And that's, that's good. Maybe you're thinking, oh, I, I didn't have a great Advent. Well, Advent, while it is a season... It doesn't have to only happen just right now. It, it's meant to be something that directs and fosters our mind for future ideas, future realities. I thought a lot about Robert Frost's poem, The Road Less Traveled, and just how hard it is to be a Christian, how difficult it is to, to fulfill the, the obligations that we are called to as Christians. My mom, she's, she's currently going through RCI. I've told you that a few times, and, and it's exciting, you know. Whatever happens at Easter, that's between her and the Lord, so I'm not going to worry about that one. But she was at class recently and talking to, to my friend, the, the priest there, and, and he was talking about how, how few rules we really have when it comes to, like, our Christian faith, like there's five, kind of when you boil it down, you know, the five precepts of the church. Go to Mass on Sundays, Holy Days of Obligation. Okay, cool. Receive communion at least once a year, preferably in the Easter season, if that's all you can do. Go to confession at least once a year in Lenten, if that's all you can do. Fast, actually like do some penitential work or act in, in your life. And then the last one is like serve the needy, serve the poor. How simple. And yet that's hard for a lot of people. Mass is not a weekly habit, let's say, for, for many. Or uh, we take communion at times when maybe we perhaps shouldn't or we avoid confession because the priest is so scary. It's hard being a Christian. It was hard for Jesus being born into the world. But it didn't stop him. Just as it shouldn't stop us from living our faith. I had mentioned um, just like the challenge of Advent for me this year. And I was, uh, I was gone one night helping out at a, a youth event. And there were some missionaries there. And they got done and like, hey, Father, can we pray for you? And I was like, yes, please. I am not doing well. I need some prayers. And, and receiving prayers is, is a beautiful gift, uh, but it, it's also very vulnerable, right? Uh, this particular group of missionaries, I trust very much so. And, 
and often they might share a word or two. And so I, I sat and reflected on the things they shared with me, and I just want to share them with you. Um, some, some of the things they had mentioned was that, for myself, Mary is, is weaving a tapestry of intimate moments. And it's really, it's really a beautiful thought because I love Mary, but do I pray my rosary every day? No. I need to, need to work on that. But Mary is weaving a tapestry of intimate moments, so I had to, I had to chew on that thought for a while. Um, they, one of them said that my heart was going to explode, which is super comforting. Uh, which, actually, I needed to hear because, you know, uh, they, they, they bookended that with this other comment that my heart was like this gas furnace where the flame had went out, like my pilot light was gone. And I was feeling that. Like, that was, that was accurate. Like, I, I, had, I had lost this enthusiasm and passion because Advent was just being really difficult. Um, and then they, they talked about this intimacy to, that I'd experienced at Christmas. The thing that, that really struck me, the thing that I, I most want you to receive today, was there came a point as they were praying for me, and they said, Lord, every gift, every grace that we've ever received, we want to give it away to Father Jay. And it just struck me. And it started to bring me to tears that, wow, here are these individuals that every single good thing that they've been given, they actually want to just relinquish and give to me. And they're asking God to do that. I was like, man, if only you knew who I really was, you would not say that. But that's, that's the heart of the Christmas gospel. That God our Father wants us to receive every gift and grace that he's ever, ever given us. And he does it through his son Jesus. That he would even send Jesus to die. That God would die so that we can receive every grace and gift of salvation. It just blows my mind. So for us, in this now Christmas season, the season of joy and excitement, we have a few opportunities ahead of us. Each of the Gospels of the... So there's four Gospels because there's a Christmas vigil, there's a Christmas night, dawn, and day, and each of them have different Gospels. But each Gospel has like a beautiful kind of encouragement. So I just want to... I'm not going to give you all the Gospels, but I'll highlight the encouragements. So first is the genealogy, basically meaning like we all come from somewhere. We've all come from someone uh, and because of that, we should invite others into our family. We've been invited into the family. We should invite others to the family. So our first uh, Christmas gift to share is invitation, inviting others to join us in our faith, in, in the Mass, in worship, in, in any way, shape, or form. The second is the, the Mass at midnight when you have um, the family traveling to Bethlehem, and there's the census, and they can't find the the, the room to stay in and they're born and it's just like it seems like it's all going bad but then Jesus is born and so it's the second is that we share the joy even in the midst of the difficulty we share joy of what we have received even when life is challenging and hard 
Uh, the third, which is probably a gospel I don't think I've ever done because I don't think I've ever done the Mass at dawn because I'm so tired from the Mass at night. But uh, it, it further talks about the shepherds and how they go in haste. And, and with that one, the, the, the opportunity for us, the gift is to go to God even if we don't understand everything. These shepherds had no idea what was going on. But they had an angel show up to them and said, go. And they're like, okay. They didn't get it. But they went. And so without hesitation, we should, we should go to our Lord. In prayer, conversation, uh, joys, sorrows. We go to God without hesitation. And the last one we hear today is John. John is then kind of like outside. You know, he's, he's outside of like the normal Gospels. But what it reminds us is that God has always been. He will always be. He sheds light on, on the world and clarity. And so this is, again, the most extrapolated one. But we have to reject the artificial stuff. There's a lot of things in the world that try to draw our attention away from the Lord. There's a lot of challenges that we face. Again, we can have just hard days. We can have things going south all the time. And yet, we don't want to just accept the artificial, the temporary, the momentary, trying to cope with something. We reject the artificial in the truth and the knowledge that God will shed light on all things. So our Christmas gift and, and my prayer is that, God, every single grace I have received, every good thing that I have encountered, that you give that to the people of St. Bernard's, the people that are here today, so that they can invite others, share in the joy of who you are, come to you and accept you without hesitation, and reject the artificial. May our Christmas season be one of light and joy, one of great reward, remembering first and foremost who it is we celebrate and what he has done for us. Enter into this messy world and our messiness so that we can have eternal life in heaven.